Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. I am Brent Young, as always, joined by two beautiful-looking gentlemen, Mr. Aaron Smith, Mr. Chad Brendel. Gentlemen, how are we? I'm doing all right. Got my PS5 today. You finally did it. Finally got it. And I think you've got a new setup, too, if I'm not mistaken. I got a new computer set up, so we, sh- we should see how, how this progresses. Brand new computer. It's nice. I mean, so. you look crisp. You look like uh, it, it makes sense why all the ladies be calling you. It makes sense now. You look great. Look great. Chad? Well, you've now called me beautiful and told me you know why all the ladies come after me. This is yeah. already starting awkward. Welcome into the BBP. Chad, how are we? Good. Good. Ready to, to get back in the grind for this week and uh, get us closer, another week closer to the season. Speaking of another week closer to the season. Oh, by the way. By yeah, the way, ready, ready. If, you, if you're listening to this and it's after midnight on Monday, so if it's into Tuesday morning, or if you're listening to it right now, I think it's available right now. We have, if you're not a member of Bearcat Journal, right now, right now. Right about time, now. For the next 48 hours, starting at midnight, going through Tuesday and Wednesday, you can get a one-year membership to bearcatjournal.com for 75% off. So right around 25 bucks for the next year. You get this entire, this entire season where the Bearcats enter with the highest ranking, highest preseason ranking in school history, number eight in the Associated Press poll. Yep. You get the entirety of the first year of the Wes Miller era. You get all of spring and summer basketball recruiting for what should be a critical 2023 recruiting class for the basketball team. And you get June camps for football, all the football recruiting through next spring and summer, all the way into the start of camp in 2022, which is going to be a fascinating football camp with so many roster changes. So, between Tuesday and Wednesday, Wednesday at midnight, this deal ends. You're not going to see this deal again probably until like Black Friday. Oh, season's Take gone. Take advantage now. Take advantage now. Get to BearcatJournal.com. Sign up. A full year, an annual subscription, 75% off. Wow. That's our ad read for today. Sponsored by me. BearcatJournal.com. <laughs> but no, I, you know, you mentioned it. And if we might, you, we might have an ad read coming. So we might have a title sponsor for this show. Okay. Wow. We're working on it. We're, we're, we're close. It's might have a title works. sponsor. It's in the works. And you know what? I, we, I'm not going to bet on it this time, but it's in the works. No, this one's, this one's legit. It's a, it's a member that's got a local business that believes in the uh, power of, letting people know that you support the Bearcats and then in turn, those people will support your local business. So we'll hopefully here in the, in the coming next couple weeks, week or two, we'll, uh, we'll get that ironed out. It'd be pretty cool to have, you know, one of those reads in a transmission or a transition. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Here we go. You, you know, who there's else a lot likes- of ways this could Delco. Okay. Wow, I see what you did there. I was even <laughs> less. 
Well, I'm as subtle as a heart attack. You know, well, one person who is not subtle and, and, and one person who does not Me. really give give a lot of a lot of thought into things, it seems as if, you know, promoting also me. the uh, company, uh, well, the company and the business and the uh, program. When uh, Nathan Baer, I thought that it was very interesting when we saw his AP poll coming out. But the bigger story beyond that is the fact that the rest of the country, the rest of the AP did not quite agree with him. Number eight in the AP poll to begin the season. I, I mean, th- this is the supreme val- validation for not myself, not you, Chad, not Aaron, not probably all the listeners to the pod and the followers of BearcatJournal.com, but more for the rest of the country. Because when you do see that number eight in front of your name leading into week one, the casual fan here and there will be like, oh, wow, okay. So Cincinnati is this good. Cincinnati is that great. Chad, I would need your thoughts on first. Nathan Baird, have you ever talked to the gentleman out of Cleveland? Um, no. And, I mean, I, can we think of a bigger clown factory and what really goes into a number 22 ranking for the number eight team? I mean, that's just Here's the thing. Uh, if you're going to make a move like that, man up and ain't like – Say it with your chest. Right. Don't, you know, he's had people asking him all day. He could have addressed it all day. And instead, all he did was the 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 cheap ass like disclaimer. Uh not uh, that sometimes views change from the end of the regular season to the start of the next season. Yeah. And we don't do this poll to try to guess what everybody else is doing. (laughs) Say it, say it with your chest, bro. If you like, if you, if you've got reasons that you think Cincinnati's number 22, that's fine. Tell us, explain, explain why there's, there's how many voters in the AP poll. There's a lot. There's 60 something, almost 70 voters in the AP poll. Mm -hmm. You had nobody else. There's nobody else in the country that votes in the AP poll that has Cincinnati lower than 17. And, so, and look, if we're being honest, if you wanted to say it with your chest, you could have, look, they lost their two left tackles. The, yeah. the strength of their defense last year was at safety. Their right. two safeties were drafted and are playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, they lost what was essentially their most effective and aggressive tackler in Jarrell White. Uh, there are plenty Defensive of Defensive coordinator change. You know, yeah, Marcus yeah. Freeman goes to Notre Dame. There are plenty of reasons that you could look at this team and say, I think, I think they're 22nd. Now, I think, I think you're still an idiot. But <laughs> yes. Accurate. But there are things you could back that up with to make yourself sound somewhat intelligent. Well, and you well, know he's doing his homework. Fan. You know he's doing his homework tonight as he's going to be on with Mo tomorrow. Of course he's going to be on with Mo tomorrow. Hopefully it goes better than the Jack Mack interview because Jack Mack made himself sound like more of a dumbass when he went on with Mo. <laughs> Tail between the apologist. legs, back into the corner, yes. So, I, like that, you guys know how many times I've said it. Like, I, I got no problem. You want to have a controversial take, you know, you want to you be quote-unquote different, that's fine. But say it with your chest. Like, Say it like you mean it, and, and don't don't make yourself continue to look like a jackass. Because right now the, the guy looks and sounds like a jackass, and I'm to assume he's a jackass, <laughs> right? Assumption. Like that. It, he he erased all doubt. He he left me with no other option 
than to believe he's a jackass. So here we are. That guy's a jackass. It's clickbait. Like that's that's the annoying part. Like I hate clickbait. I hate clickbait. It's why we don't do those like you know forty word articles that have like a tweet in them. I, I, we just, that, that's not my style that like, that's not, we have the platform to do it with the number of members and the number of traffic we have. It would probably make me quite a bit more money like to do those type of things. But we cover that on the message board. If, if something happens like before I could even get to the message board when they <laughs> were voted number eight today, there was already a thread up. It's, it's there. The, the conversation is there. We can talk about it there. We can handle it there. Like it, it, it's it, it's driving attention to somebody that that nobody in Cincinnati knew existed, and he knew that when he put that when he when he voted Cincinnati twenty second. And if you look at the rest of his poll, the rest of his poll is a joke too. It is. It's not just Cincinnati. His whole poll is a clown show. It is. It is. So it's fair to say he's still upset about the Buckeye State shirts, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's from Columbus. He works in Cleveland, covering Ohio State. Like. We get it, bro. We get it. Ohio State's big, bad Ohio State. Like, shove it up Cincinnati's not even part of Ohio. Cincinnati's in Kentucky. Where's your airport? Haven't heard that one before. You know, I you guys have heard that, and I constantly am hearing that. And it, I've never heard it before to myself personally. You but I've heard don't it come live up. in Cincinnati. Right, right. Well, I was born there, raised there for the first 11 years of my life. Parents are from there, but still. It does seem like it's cropping up a lot more recently just because it seems like Cincinnati a little bit back on the map right now. Now that we've gotten him out of the way, and, and I, don't, I don't want to even say his name again, we'll, we'll continue on with the AP poll just a tiny bit. Um, you look at Notre Dame at number nine, and then, of course, IU at number 17. If Indiana takes care of Iowa on the road, and then Notre Dame is able to beat Florida State at Florida State and then Wisconsin in Chicago, you're looking at two – top 15 and then one potential top 10 to depending on what shakes out in front of Cincinnati and Notre Dame, it could be even higher in the top 10. Is this the type of situation that lines up Cincinnati to be right there? If they're able to win those games heading into that first college football playoff poll, is this the exact scenario needed to be literally knocking on the door or if not, right inside of the door or one foot in when that first college football playoff poll comes out. If UCF is undefeated when we play UCF, they'll most likely be ranked. And if you're looking at the win against Notre Dame, and by the way, how upset is Brian Kelly to see Cincinnati one spot ahead of him in the preseason polls? You know, he's pissed. But, you know, if you you beat number nine Notre Dame, if they're not higher at that point, if you beat number 17, Indiana, if they're not higher at that point, and if you beat a ranked UCF, I, I'd like to think that you've done enough on a resume. But, of course, we'll see the games that the uh, the voters play as the season progresses. If they want to keep them out, they're going to keep them out. Like, uh, this will, if, if, if Cincinnati runs the table, this will be the ultimate, you know, you have to play, you have to show your cards. Right. Because if Cincinnati goes to Notre Dame, they go to Indiana, they they beat Central Florida here, they run the table, they win the American Athletic Conference Championship, all of those things 
are a lot to ask and all of those things have to happen. Right. But if all of those things happen and they don't put Cincinnati in, then, then th- they've told us all we need to know. And fortunately there's, looks like there's a 12 team playoff coming um, down the road. It's going to be a couple of years, but uh, it would be, I think it would be the final nail in the coffin for the 14 playoff because it would, it would legitimately say like, we don't, you know, we're not interested in hanging out with your kind. Right. It's um, taken. <laughs> right. Well, I, so, so UCF plays Boise at the balance house week one, and then they travel to Louisville uh, in week three. So very, very uh, possible you, for them to be undefeated. Pop when quiz. They in. Ready. Pop quiz. Do you know how many votes, total votes, even just one vote, how many votes college football teams from Kentucky received in today's Associated Press preseason poll? Does it rhyme with hero? Brent? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say zero. Zero votes. Not one vote for Kentucky. Not one vote for Louisville. You really hate to see it. Like, that's, that's unfortunate. Coaching moves, right? If, if only Louisville would have maybe made one a, a different – either way. Well, did, I you see, did you see Central Florida, though, trying to take credit for the reason that Cincinnati's respected this year, though? Just yeah, it's, all it's, over it's, yeah. It's, it's always, you know, credit to Central Florida. Because their national title and all of that. Two great yeah. seasons. Exactly. Well, I was actually at, in Central Florida at UCF when the Bearcats were playing at the CFE arena, I think is what it's called or, or the something sun arena. And, uh, and they actually celebrated during halftime, the national championship. They brought the football team out, gave them a trophy. I wonder if they made the trophy. I'm not sure or exactly how that went, but they all got rings and it was, it was, it was a sight to see, but either way, I also think it's really important to, to, to point out Houston also receiving votes. If they're able to beat Texas tech week one could be, you know, another team that all of a sudden they build steam. And before you know it, it's going to be in, it would have to be in the AAC championship game, but still that would be a, a, a big noise AAC championship game as well. If Houston were to, to make some, some big moves and, and be ranked at least towards the end. So a lot like of that, chances on the schedule. I feel like that trophy should have been like one of the glowing pieces of that aggro crag from guts okay. you know, presented yeah. from universal studios right there in Orlando. Mm. Just would have made perfect sense, I feel like. And then they make a ride for them, like kind of like it's a small world, but kind of just you know driving through and seeing everything. Like Mike it's O'Malley a national championship, it. yeah. Well, like Mike this. O'Malley presents it. And and I think in the same game they mentioned the uh, lazy river they were installing at at a UCF, which I I, I w- would love to roll down and see how that goes. But you know what? Let's 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 bring in Brady Collins the, and see what his the, thoughts are on all that. The venereal disease river. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a uh, a college campus with a lazy river in it. I mean, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Not much. Yikes. Not much. But anyway, so the little tease on Brady. Brady is not here. I don't – he has, is obviously preoccupied with a, a football team that is a very big-time football team at this point in the brain, the country – Top 10 team, they want to be a top 10 program. Chad and Aaron, you guys were on site for the scrimmage this past weekend. It seemed like a lot of love for the wide receivers. Jaden Thompson had a good good game by all accounts. I want to hear a little bit more about the Drew Donnelly reception. 
I want to talk a little bit about myself, about what I saw out of Alec Pierce last Tuesday, the one chance I was able to uh, take in a practice. I, is this maybe the best receiving corp since that, that crazy, you know, Chris Moore and, and, and all those guys molded into one. Is this the best that you've seen since then or outside of then? Well, first off, Brady was wondering where you were Saturday. Got him. Yeah, I believe me. I, if, if I could adjust some things in my life, I would be at every practice, but I have to believe you. You should 100% believe me. But uh, anyway, <laughs> he's not here to, to rib you himself. So we, we got to do it for him. Rib, rib away. Uh, truth, truth be told, I was up at 8 a.m. Uh, doing uh, the, uh, the day job. The day job has been very demanding recently, which is uh, always fun. But anyway, wide receivers, shove it right. Wide receivers. How are they uh, looking at these? It, it has to be. I mean, that that receiving class with what? With Chris Moore, Shaq Washington. I mean, Mikhail McKay, just Johnny Holton, that entire crew is Alex Chisholm, Max Morrison. Alex Chisholm, Max Morrison is. Is this second behind them? Is this on that same level as like Can- a Marty Gilliard, Armand Benz? Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. Right. Can we can, can we play some games first? Let's play games. Like, look, they have had all, at, at varying times, had big splashes at camp. Right. There, there have been days Tyler Scott has been dominant. There have right. been days Will Pauling has been great. The Alec Pierce has been consistently good. Uh, even with Sauce Gardner trying up on him. Yep. Most of the time, um, Michael you know, Young, Michael Young has been good. Trey Tucker has been good. Jaden like, Thompson, Jaden Thompson has has had his his flashes. Chris Scott has had his flashes. Blue Smith has had his flashes. There is certainly a depth building that, as we've talked about at times, it's hard to fathom that this is this is essentially everybody is new outside of Pierce. Right. You know, or at least new enough to where that this was, you know, they're in year like going into year two. Right. Um, And and last year, none of these guys, really none of the new guys, they brought in six new guys last year and none of them got a preseason. None of them really got a summer. Uh, They just showed up at higher ground and and had to figure it out on the fly. Uh, They they (laughs) have potential. Right. To be very, very good, very deep. They have good route runners. They have a good combination, I think, is the like the biggest thing for me. They've got guys with size. We didn't even mention Jordan Jones. Jordan Jones They've got yeah. guys with size. They've got guys with speed. They've got guys with hands. They've got guys that have combinations of two of the three. Right. Like scattered throughout the roster. So um, I, I'm not going to go as far yet as saying – this is similar to that group in 2014 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to remotely say that, that this is anywhere close right. to Marty and, right. and uh, Ben's and, and Bones and all those guys. But long term, there definitely is some potential with this group to continue to move up the ranks. And the reality is what we're seeing is just that wide receiver room catching up to the rest of the program. Yeah. After having their growth stunted for the first three years by Joker Phillips, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike right. Brown has taken this thing and sprinted with it. Right. 
almost like he sprinted over to have a word with Mike Trestle today. Oh, okay. We'll we'll get to that a little later. Okay. Okay. So I, the reason why I said that is because when I saw Alec Pierce on Tuesday night, and that might have just been Alec Alec's best, you know, day of camp, but he's been I, consistently good. He looked phenomenal that day. He looked just beyond good. Uh, just his ability to sky up and get and catch passes. That his two catches in the end zone, they called one of them out of bounds. One of them was a completion, but you know, Saw said that he quarterback would have been sacked on the play. I those are some of the best plays that I can kind of remember recently out of out of the wide receiver room. And well, I mean, the play against Memphis was ridiculous. Right. The play in exactly. the American Athletic title game was ridiculous. The one-handed, the play I know. I'm you know the Peach Bowl was this, ridiculous. This, this guy is Alec Pierce is is one player that I just think could could really take that wide receiver room all the way to the next level. Aaron, going going to that catch or his catches on on Tuesday night when we were at camp though, yeah, they weren't your traditional Alec Pierce catches. They weren't like go up and get it, climb the ladder and go up and get it. Like they were like falling out of bound toe touch catches right and you know just kind of getting that separation as opposed to you know it, it was just kind of a different side of alec pearson we're accustomed to seeing where it's like i'm going to give you this to where only you can get it mm-hmm. go up the ladder and get it and right. so it was just kind of a getting to see the possession side of alec pierce as opposed to just the i can jump high well and, and then saturday and he comes. can jump high he, he can, can do that can jump very high and then Saturday comes, and, and one thing I noticed about Jaden Thompson during uh, Tuesday night's practice is he's tall. He is just quietly very long. Explain he's the long two more than tall, right? Long, he's about six two, but yeah, definitely just just the longer. You know, you see him out on the field, and you're like, all right, Jaden, you you look like you're a little bit longer than everyone else out here on the field. So, mm-hmm. could you explain the the two touchdown receptions that that Jaden had or in? And I think I in one of the uh, post game press conferences, I think Alex said that he, it looks like it was going to be three, but I don't know if some blown whistle or a drop or something like that. That explain exactly because Jaden Thompson kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit last season with with that star as a true freshman. But I mean, I thought he didn't look bad. He he tried to sky high for a couple of catches in the end zone, didn't haul him in, but still, it looked like he showed promise on Saturday. Was he? making a case saying, hey, I know everyone's talking about Tyler Scott, but I'm here trying to stake my claim as well. Um, with Jaden, I think the first the first touchdown, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, came from, from Evan Prater. And, uh, yeah, I believe was, so. That's what I had here anyway. Um, but he uh, just got separation. like, And he continued to get that same separation pretty much all day. Like he was just – he, you could tell he was amped up. I mean, he's as soon as he caught the ball, he's just screaming at whoever can hear him. I think he was trying to make sure his parents up at the top of the stands hanging out in the shade <laughs> could hear him screaming, you know, just let's F and go. Like he was just hyped. <laughs> he was so hyped that he was just, you know, catching touchdowns and, and sco- like just to your point, you know, staking his claim. Like it's obviously a deep wide receiver room. And for like the fact that it took, how many names before we're like, oh yeah, and Jordan Jones. Like there's yeah. dudes that were starters last year that we're trying to figure out like where they're gonna see the field. And I don't know, it's it's super exciting to see just how much that this wide receiver room has has evolved over the course of even just since the spring game. Yeah. 
the first one was about a 30-yard completion over the top from Prater mm-hmm. to uh, Jaden Thompson. The second one was one of those virtually unstoppable um, RPOs where, you know, Dez puts the ball in the running back's belly, takes it out. By the time he takes it out, Jaden Thompson's in a hits a quick slam quick slant, right across. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so hard for a corner to really get your hands on a guy that's making that move. Mm-hmm. And he just waltzed in for an easy touchdown on the second one. The Michael Young play, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, you can't talk about pass catchers without mentioning Lenny Taylor again. It sounds like he had monster yet again another great Saturday. I, Lenny, in on Tuesday, I, I keep resorting back to this because it's the only live action I saw. Lenny on Tuesday was as should come down as, to more practices. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, again, you, you know what got you got to do in order for that to happen for me. But anyway, anyway, but yeah, it's, Get he seems like someone that is as talented right now as, as pretty much anyone outside of the, those being mentioned in the all American teams and the, the awards. And even at times he's flashed that potential to be just as good as them is, is Lenny making that, that step that all of a sudden you're saying, okay, we have to have Lenny and Josh on the field all the time together. Or is it, is it kind of they're going to rotate and keep each other fresh? I, it seems like you can't have Lenny off the field that often. He's just looking that dynamic right now. Is it fair to say he has the softest hands on the team? He had a drop today, and, and Justin Williams and I both looked at each other like a gasp. <laughs> right, because oh. he caught everything that was thrown his yeah. way when mm-hmm. we were there on Saturday, when we were there on Tuesday, when right. I was there the previous Saturday. Like everything- And tough catches, too. Everything they throw at him, he catches, and they're not always perfectly placed balls. So it's not like he's just out here. Great catching, pants. Not yeah. like he's just out here catching screens or or something like that. You know what I mean? Like he's out here running routes and, and hustling. Like he, I just legit think he has the softest hands on this team. I, I don't know that that's even disputable. I'm sure Josh would probably dispute it because Josh disputes everything. Right. That's who he is. <laughs> nothing less. Um. But I, yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, there's a couple guys and and Justin said this to me today. Mm -hmm. uh, And I think he's right. If my was allowed to actually sack the quarterback, I think we'd be talking about my Sanders as the runaway MVP of this camp. Right. But instead, like he just runs past the quarterback with his hand up to kind of let everybody know I got him again. I would have sacked It's me. (laughs) He would have been, he would have been mine. Um, but the two guys that I, I think have stood out the most and Evan Prater has become, um, he's performing at a, a consistently a consistency that you kind of are starting to expect that from him every day, which I think right. is really good. Um, so he doesn't have kind of the splash that he had the first week because we were so dialed in on is Evan ready to take the next step. Right. I think we've answered that question with Evan at this point. Yeah. Um, and the, the second half of that first week, man, Lenny has been unbelievable. And you can tell Des has a uh, comfort level that he knows one, Lenny's going to probably be open. And two, as we just talked about, even if Lenny's covered, a pretty good chance if you get it anywhere near him, he's going to catch it. 
So he has, you know, with Josh kind of being dinged up and he was, he was in the red Jersey today, not to play quarterback, but meaning he's starting to, they're easing him back into, to getting ready for uh, the season. Right. Um, I, I think, you know, you're looking at Lenny's probably had the best camp uh, in terms of pure production, you know, in terms of what guy has done the most every day. I, I think right now I would say it's probably Lenny just a little bit ahead of Evan. And if my J was allowed to sack the quarterback, Lenny would probably be second. I uh, didn't see any mentions of the other running backs, I, obviously with no tackling and, and things of that sort. It's, it's hard to be like, okay, Jerome Ford busted off a 35 yard touchdown run, but he could have maybe been tackled at the second level. I, well, it's, it's, it's two hand touch basically where as right. soon as they get and sometimes even one hand touch yeah, where the official blows the whistle and Ford is a guy that oftentimes can, you know, run through a uh, one handed touch. Yeah. I mean, what I noticed on, on Tuesday yet again was Jerome Ford. Oh, were you at practice Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> in Tuesday? case you guys didn't know. <laughs> okay. and, and you know what, on the next BBP, I might, I might tell you about what I saw at the scrimmage on Saturday. How about that? Mm-hmm. Now, now we're talking now we're talking but but but, but I you see this peer pressure during the podcast now Brent's in for Saturday <laughs> oh man it's gonna take a lot of moving and grooving but I'll make it happen but uh, you know it's Jerome Ford looks the part he just has yeah. the all the physical tools he has that burst he looks the part to to a T but I think it's the question now has arisen, and I saw it in, in the BBP mailbag. Ethan Wright is possibly what the de facto two, if, if you're going to say no. like an all purpose back, is Ryan Montgomery Charles, starting Charles, to make that move? I, Charles Charles McClellan's the two. Okay. okay. Ethan Wright's but a wild close. card. Ethan Wright's a wild card because it doesn't, his body doesn't make sense. His center of gravity being as tall as he is, like, when we were watching the scrimmage, I looked at Chad at one point. I'm like, he just doesn't go down. Like he's got one hand on the ground and bouncing off of guys because, you know, they, they're trying to make presence known. They're not trying to rack their own guy, but like it, it was astounding the balance that that dude has for his height at that position. That's why we've talked about Ethan Wright extensively since he got here last year. Like there is something about him that just looks different than when other guys run. Like he just has something in his game. That's a little bit different than the other guys, but McClellan has the, the, you can tell the speed is coming back and the, the comfort with cutting and getting in and out of his breaks, which for him is critical uh, because of the way he runs. Um, But I would say right now, because of his experience, because of his ability, because of his, you know, game breaking as we saw the last time he was healthy unfortunately it was you know three seasons ago essentially um but he's the number two guy until dethroned the nice part is the 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 other two guys montgomery and ethan wright are gonna be very good as well and and don't sleep on miles montgomery did don't he sleep on miles montgomery he's shown things throughout camp where right and it's against the threes yeah um so I, I i'm not putting a ton of of you know credence into it but he's got kind of that mix 
where he's got kind of the thicker lower body and the 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 kind of traits of a power running back but at the same time that speed to get outside he's had a couple like 30 yard 30 35 40 yard runs in camp where he gets outside and next thing you know he's down the field in a hurry and it's like okay this is the kid that you saw on tape from florida that was was putting up massive numbers uh in a state that's you know as known for its football as anybody um that running back room and then and going forward you throw step 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 and bird in there next year grown man grown man there's a lot of different body types a lot of different styles guys can catch the ball out of the backfield guys that can run it between the tackles like uh, enjoy jerome ford this year but don't fret over i mean you're looking at a position group this is the luke fickle difference that over a three-year span could potentially lose mike warren jared dokes jerome ford and still be at its strongest point since Luke Fickle got here with Montgomery, with Wright, with, you know, Charles McClellan with, and with Miles Montgomery and then Bird thrown into the mix. Like there's a lot of dudes that can, that can tote the rock. Is, I would say McClellan is second, but uh, Montgomery and Wright aren't, aren't far behind his heels. Is, is that your first guess that this could be Jerome Ford's, one giant season all of a sudden all these nfl teams are salivating and and potentially i mean i you know you don't rule it out and right you know it's it's gonna be he he redshirted a year he played a year at alabama he came here last year it would be year four right for running backs year five is you know you know year five is a risky proposition it worked for jared dokes Mm -hmm. but dokes had to wait until year five to be the feature. Right. And one year is the featured back. Dokes goes to the NFL and gets drafted. I, if Ford has that type of year, I could see, you know, a similar path for Jerome Ford. And that's not on anything that I've heard or, or whatever, right. but it's, it's just my brain on positional value and, and, you know, well, I mean, getting to the draft as quickly as possible. If you're a running back, he's going to have to have a great year to do it though. Well, thousand yard rusher on a top 10 team you're going to get the exposure necessary right. and you have right. a couple of burst runs and all of a sudden they throw the tape back and they say wow he did this in the peach bowl the year before right. going back to miles montgomery though are you ready to crown him the best montgomery in the running back room no no not, not yet. yet okay no ryan's had a good camp he's Just been curious. really really valuable catching the ball out of the backfield i understand he's been especially on special teams you know i mean Huge value. I just wasn't sure if you were ready to to make that move with Miles. Not yet. Okay. But the problem the problem with Miles, he's been mostly playing against the third team because of the depth ahead of him. Right. If he was ripping off some of the runs he was against the the first and second mm-hmm. team, right. we might be having a, a little bit different conversation. But we've seen him do it against the threes. You got to keep things in perspective. Uh, you know, you wanted can't to be, gauge it. You can't be a prisoner of the moment at all times. You can only be a prisoner of the moment sometimes. <laughs> Only so that balance, right? Like, like Ethan Wright, Aaron. He has good balance, really good balance. You gotta, you gotta have balance. It's definitely good balance. So, James Tunstall gets some good news last week. Now, word is he's starting to get a little bit of time with the ones. Just you know, series here, series there. Is this a serious storyline heading forward, or is it 
is he kind of entrenched as that swing tackle? Are you maybe seeing O'Quinn bump back down to a guard no, position? Yet. I mean, or? for the most part, up until today, when he was subbing in, he was subbing in at left tackle. Right, right. So, you know, that tells me they're getting him ready to be the guy behind Williams. Right. Today, he subbed in a little bit for O'Quinn. Mm-hmm. That would indicate he's definitely Quinn. a swing guy. Yeah. Um, it, now, if we start to see going forward that switch where what we've seen so far is, is him sub in for Williams and him sub in for O'Quinn. Mm-hmm. And they go out. If right. we see Tunstall at right tackle, and all of a sudden O'Quinn is back over at left guard with the ones, right? Then I think you can start wondering, you know, is something coming? Is something inevitable here? Uh, but until we see that, I would say they're they're just because they didn't want to work him in really with the ones. I don't think until he had his his clearance. Okay. Okay. And they got burned by that with with Hudson. With Hudson. They because they had him the entire spring at the ones. They had him into yep. camp with the ones. And then when he was out, they they were left holding the bag. The three-man race after that. Yeah. So let's see what happens uh, over this next week. And if we see Tunstall playing more at, at right guard and, and O'Quinn sliding into left tackle, then or left guard, right? Uh, then I think that, you know, maybe – maybe it's an indication of something that's that's in the works but for right now i would say they're getting him ready to be the swing tackle if he takes those opportunities and runs with it i think they'd love to have him be the number one option at right tackle so they could move o'quinn right back into left guard but but as it stands o'quinn has been has been really good at right guard uh as good as you can be having to face my <laughs> somewhat regularly which Good luck, man. Good Aaron, luck. Aaron, what did you see from Tunstall? I first off, can we talk about the luxury of just saying, yeah, you know, John Williams, he's he's subbing in for John Williams at left tackle. We we, we say it's so blase, but we need a, this is a retro freshman that we are just so confident in at the left tackle position that you know we have a a recruit who was an FCS, sure, all American. We're saying, yeah, he's subbing in for the left well, tackle. He started to, it at UConn. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone can make a big jump. FBS you know? 1A. <laughs> exactly. Right. So he was, he's, he's been FCS every year until now. We'll just say that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, it, it's a luxury to say that. And then a luxury then to say Dylan O'Quinn, he's such a strong right tackle, but we could bump him down to guard. That'd be cool to see him go back to guard where he excelled last season. Aaron, what did you see out of Tunstall? Is, did you see something that he has taken that next step? Cause as you mentioned in the interview with you, Chad, going against this defensive line is it the sucks. most. That's the what most, he said. Yeah, it, sucks. it says he says it sucks, but it's awesome because it's it's the most practice that he's had, and he feels like he's getting better than he ever has his his entire career. So, did you see a little something out of Tunsaw, Aaron? I know well, you're an an offensive line. Uh, you know, you're you're, you're right. Protege for Ron Croke, <laughs> I believe. So, yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed is the fact that when his name came up when it was, you know, me, Chad and Justin kind of hanging around. Um, I was like, Oh, that that's Tunstall right there. And the fact that he had subbed in for John and I didn't even really notice much of a drop off. 
Yeah. There's something to be said for that. But at the same time, kind of going back to the point that Chad's made repeatedly here tonight is the fact that we don't really know necessarily what this offensive line is because the defensive line, not that they're taking it easy on them, but you just, they're not hitting the quarterback. They're not getting those, those sacks, if you will. So that, you know, I mean, who's to say how many times this, these quarterbacks have been sacked. I'm, I'm sure the the coaches all know, but you know, I mean, it's, we don't really know what they're, what, what they got against this defensive line. Oh, and not having Jake Renfro, I think is it is another not fair. Thing. That's another it's, disadvantage. Right? It's a, I, I mean, Jake, of course, is another, you've got a true sophomore center who is top of the line. And, you know, you talk to any coach, we've talked to Brady a lot about it. And he just mentions how consistently strong and how much more of a leadership role Jake Renfro is taking on. So, Renfro coming back, and Chad, you mentioned it, that they were to play a game this weekend. They would probably be practicing, probably preparing to play in that game. Josh Wiley and Jake Renfro, that is, and, and Kobe Bryant as well. I just don't know. I, it seems like this this offensive line was the one thing that had kind of the question marks, you know, and it seems like they're starting to slowly get answered. And once you bring back Renfro and slide Vinny McConnell back out to guard, it, it seems like maybe their answer to the best possible way and uh, fitting for the top eight program. Here's the thing I would say, and, and this has kind of been my, my overall takeaway from camp, except for today. I expected today what happened today to have happened. We're, we're at day 11 practice nine, 10. If nine. you got the scrimmage as practice. Well, they had two days off. This was day 11. They had Wednesday off and then they had Sunday, Sunday off. off. Yeah. So nine practices, um, I expected at this point that we would have had at least four or five days where we said, uh, I don't know what the offense looked like because the defensive line wrecked mm -hmm. them. Uh, and, and that hasn't been a consistent theme. My mm -hmm. has been getting home some Malik's right. been getting home some, but not to the point like we saw in the spring there were complete practices where it was like, especially the second team, like you might as well not even have ran twos on twos. Right. Because Prater had no chance. He couldn't ever get his feet set. As soon as the ball was snapped, people were in his face. He couldn't ever stand still. He was constantly scrambling for this offense to have basically gone toe to toe with the defense for eight of the nine practices tells you that this offensive line has been at least holding their own. Have they been dominant? No, I don't want to say that because there's been ebbs and flows in each practice where, you know, the offense will go two or three periods and look really good. And then the defense will step up for two or three periods and shut them down. And then they'll trade blows back and forth. And it's been kind of a, a heavyweight title fight every day where they typically have come out pretty close to even today's the first time I really would say like the defensive line threw a knockout punch to that. Yeah. And I, I talked to one member of the defensive line who said, and I, I won't disclose who, <laughs> but he said one member of the offensive line was, was talking today. Oh, and when that happens, the defensive line tends to uh, crank up the volume. Now I used to, as what? long as it's not Mets. No. <laughs> it used to be like last year, there would always be one guy that was chirping at the defensive line. 
the problem being that guy could hold his own and the other four guys had to take the punishment for that guy running his mouth. Is he in Cleveland now? That, now? that guy's he now is, in Cleveland. He's currently in Cleveland. Yes, <laughs> that right. guy's now in Cleveland. Currently the backup uh, left tackle as well. If you're going to be a guy that, that pops off, you, you better be able to, to handle it. And whoever it was that was talking inside today uh, did not did not do him or his uh, line mates any favors because it was a bloodbath for about <laughs> yeah, about 70% of practice. The The offense got it together at the end uh, when they were doing team stuff and they, they had a, a pretty good segment on third down mm-hmm. uh, where Des completed, a, Des completed a couple nice passes. Evan completed a couple nice passes to get first downs. Right. Um, but I haven't seen just those, those stretches where, you just like you shake your head like this isn't even fair. Well, there yeah. were I mean, especially you go like twos on twos when the twos were, you know, Marcus Brown, um, uh, Jawan Briggs and Justin Watley, let's say, for example, like we saw that a lot in the spring where those three guys were like the twos. Yeah. And the second team offense had no shot. No, you could have put a high school line out there and gotten about the same results because they were just getting their ass kicked. That I haven't seen until today. I haven't seen that be like, you know, the prevailing theme, which tells me that the offensive line is is at least holding their own and giving the quarterback and the receivers and the running backs a chance to to take swings at this defense. Yeah, Chad, you took away the perfect segue that I was going to actually do there. I was going to. So sorry, you're perfect. Are you? Perfect. I I was. No, no he's not. He's not. No, sorry. I'm not. Not even no a little bit. No way. I was going <laughs> to read the goat Dan Horde, who will be on the BCJ pod this Thursday. He said he, he always has those five observations from the Bearcats, you know, practice, and and yeah. one, number one was I don't know a team. Sorry, I don't know how a team that doesn't have a mobile quarterback will move the ball against the UC defense. The pass rush is relentless. It will be a relief for the Bearcats' own line when they get to face somebody else. So, Chad, the question I was going to ask was, we know the usual suspects. Who did you see kind of amp up his game a little bit today that that makes you take it, you know, from one level saying, okay, yeah, Maje is always getting back there consistently. Malik has his times. But who did you see kind of really take it to the next notch in today's practice? Or was it just kind of just – the complete group was really just stepping up this morning. It was the group, but it was, it was Maja. I mean, yeah. it, it, he was unblockable for about 45 minutes today. Like every snap, it was like he was in the quarterback's face. And then they had, imagine this. They were running a read option play. Evan takes the snap, goes to put the ball in the belly of the running back. And someone forgot to block Jawan Briggs. Oh, God. And Jawan Briggs is just running full speed. And obviously, I I said in my notes that he picked the running back. Like, he's not allowed to hit Evan. Right. So, of course, he picked the running back. And it just so happened that Evan had just taken his hands out of there, maybe in self-defense because he saw what was happening right in front of him. Great train. But he (laughs) took his hands away, and Briggs just, like, ouchie <laughs> it was a massacre um but I, it was it was a little bit of everybody everybody kind of you know once 
that's the thing with that defensive line. Once one guy gets the ball rolling, and then the O line really has to start figure like how are what we what are we going to do to stop Myjay? Right. And they start adjusting their coverage and, and adjusting the, the the blocking scheme. Then all of a sudden Malik's on an island, mm-hmm. or then all of a sudden you got a guard that has to help on Myjay. So you've got one of these defensive tackles one-on-one against the center and it kind of snowballs. And today was one of those days where it, it really, it really started to snowball. I mean, I, I, I saw Malik have at least two, what would have been sacks. I'm guessing it would have been four or five for my Jay. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it just, it just, they could not get back on track for, like I said, about 60, 70% of practice. It was, it was, I don't remember more than a couple times where the quarterback was able to just stand in the pocket and throw a pass without having to like get on the move and get outside and, and try to make something happen. Yeah. Which is what Dan's game. talking about. Yeah. Which is what Dan's talking about. Yeah. If you can't move and you got to stand in the pocket against those dudes. Good, good luck. luck. Well, and, and then you, you you bring in a blitzing Will Huber, you bring in a blitzing Darian Beavers, and that just really takes it all to a whole different level. So, um, Aaron. I, I have a question, though, for Chad. Yes. After Saturday, did Brian – Because you were there Saturday. Correct. Okay. Did Brian – Aaron, threats, I was going to ask you about Brian Threats. Well, I was going to ask if Brian Threats built on the day that he had on Saturday because I remember at one point, I think it was Alec Pierce – that he literally picked him up and threw him down, like just legs off the ground, picked him up and threw him down. Pile drive of Alec Pierce? On, on Saturday. Um, he was all over the place. And I felt like on Tuesday when we were there, we mm-hmm. saw Justin Harris getting lit into by the coaching staff because he had so much emotion on the field. He didn't know where to channel it, it seemed. Whereas... Brian threats was getting a lot of attention on Saturday, not for that reason that Justin Harris was getting attention from the coaches, but in a, in a flip side of the coin, he was getting attention because he was literally like just an on-field commander. I felt like he was taking whatever the coaches were saying to him and turning it into another play on the field. It seemed every time we turned around, Brian threats was making a play on Saturday. So did he build on that today? He didn't really have a chance because the quarterbacks were running for their life. So again, it, like it was a bad day for the offense. Like the, yeah. maybe I don't really think I I'd consider any of the days coming into today, a bad day. Today was a bad day for the offense. So you didn't. And, and the other thing I think with, with jiggy boy, <laughs> jig, jiggy, jiggy both. So I, I think I just like jiggy. Like I, jiggy. I think that's, I, I think yeah. jiggy is like, that's a dope nickname. Right. Um, That's what we're calling Brian for all of those who may be confused right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I think he might be a gamer. Like, I think he might be a lights on guy. It's crazy, too, because he's not tall compared no, to he's, the other. He's, well, like I said, the other safeties, especially when you look at the two other freshmen, yeah. Armorion Smith and yeah. um, Isaiah Cox. Which, they got a, let's. They got like three, four inches on him. Well, Amorion Smith is listed at six one. Isaiah Cox listed at six two. What's threats listed at five ten? And oh. that might be kind. Probably, probably five eleven. <laughs> a little, 
a, 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 a the, the cleats. The, the cleats give him the extra inch. He's listed at five ten. Okay, <laughs> that's generous. It's generous. It's like listing Jarrell White at six foot. What? Um, he <laughs> but he hits. Makes. God, he hits. He hits. He's fast. He has a good instinct for the ball. I have a feeling with that kid. Like I think he'll be good in practice, a good practice player. But I get the feeling when the lights are on, like he, he knows out. he knows how to go. Because yeah. he's a kid. If you remember, like his rankings weren't like camp rankings. His rankings were based on like scouts going to games yeah. and watching him and him just wrecking shit. So oh. as a running back and as he's also, a, he was a hell of a running back in high school. Yeah. There was a lot of question to what, as to whether he was going to be running back or safety when mm-hmm. he got to college. Um, but he was, he was a dude. And yeah. not the like, Saturday yeah. was not the Saturday was a game per se, but it was just, and for those kids, he was in front. The they're, they're in front of their families. They're in front of their friends. They're in front of the the kids that right. are moving in and happen to trickle into the stadium because nobody was keeping anybody out. They're in uh, front of their coaches who are making decisions on who's going to play. Sure, and you're putting it on tape in a scrimmage setting, which holds more weight than than anything else. And uh, he put it on tape, boy. He, he put it on tape. He was outstanding. My, my two guys on defense on Saturday. Or him and Jaheim Thomas. Jaheim Thomas was another one that that really looked like he was flying to the football. And they gave a lot of the they gave a lot of love to the twos, just as far as PT goes. On yeah, I mean, Saturday. like I said in the By in the design. report, they treated it kind of like uh, an NFL, like pre-season. the first NFL's preseason game, where you get your guys out there, you let them run around for a series or two, and then you turn to the young guys and you say, "All right, see what you got." Yeah, you know, back to back to Brian Threats because I did the whole you know recap high school recap last season. Aaron, you're gonna love doing that this year. But uh, anyway, so the the main thing about Brian Threats, like you said, Chad, he he played running back was a was a really good running back. Also, you know, returned kicks, returned punts, kind of was just you know Mister Everything for Dublin Kaufman. But he in in an interview said that when he runs the football, he's an aggressive runner that searches for contact he hunts out contact when he yeah. runs the football if, if, if he sees like an open crease he's gonna maybe instead try and you know lower his shoulder and and blow someone out on his way to the end zone so he's gonna find a safety yeah he's 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 gonna make his presence known running the football and i think purdue was thinking about using him at running back and and kind of scat back and and returner but you know i i think his his ability to to lay the boom is something that is really going to be huge because obviously he's not tall. He doesn't fit the prototypical height that the recent so, DB recruits have. Here's had. the thing: what's that tell you? They have a type. Yeah, they do. They have a type. Right. What's that tell you about their scout on Brian Threats that they went for the brunette? Like he checked all if, the if other blondes in their type. <laughs> right. Blondes, we only like blondes here. Right. How hot was the brunette for them to be like, except for that brunette? <laughs> Checked every single box other than that that height, that measurement. But that might yeah. be my best analogy in quite some time. You know, you blondes are great, but this brunette right here. No, no we still love the blondes, but we that do. brunette, like we like her too. All the other brunettes, not so much. Yes, this one. You got you gotta be six foot and up to ride this ride. But but that one. <laughs> 
you you can go. You go ahead. No, you front of the line. Come on, you're good. Well, well, yet again, Jacob Dingle was really good on Tuesday, and and he's had he's had a good camp, like you said, Chad. And then he was dinged up a little Saturday, so he was out. And Will Adams has been out with a like a, right. a thigh. Mm-hmm. I can't right. even tell that story, Aaron. I'd love to, but I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yet again, if you want that story, you can hit Chad's DMs. He'll decide uh, if he, he wants to I, tell you the story. I, no, I, I can't. I, I wouldn't do that to Jacob. I can't. Uh, it's too It's too funny. It's too good. Um, I didn't mean to no, lose all composure. Nothing, nothing bad, but it's just, it, it was It was, It was. was great comedy. You railed um, um, oh, No, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, so there were more opportunities with the twos at safety on Saturday. Right. And all those guys and Diari McDonald's playing safety. And then Armorian Smith and Isaiah Cox, who they're both, you know, really high on are at safety. And it was without a question, Brian threats that walked away. Like if we're looking at a young safety, because this is, you know, year, year five for Brian cook. And this is, you know, year four for Javon Hicks. If you're looking for a young safety going forward, he was a dude. He was a dude. He was definitely a dude. Well, well, yeah, because Isaiah Cox has gotten a lot of talk, though, or Marion Smith. Chad, you mentioned him a lot. The Art McDonald is looking like he is starting to form himself into a prototypical safety, someone who can really make some noise later. But, yeah, it, it seems like all accounts, Brian Threats is really making that move. And I, I think he's vocal, too. He's, he's someone that's vocal on the oh, he's, field. He's a talker. He's, he's, he's always he's a around. Always going to be chirping a little bit, which is, I mean, you want that. You want that little dog on the field as well. So, Chad, you mentioned Jaheim Thomas. Aaron, is Jaheim living up to his his billing as a top-level prospect, one of the best recruits in Cincinnati history? Does he look like he's ready to take that step and, and, and make a difference this season? He was flying all over the field. I mean, he was one of those guys where, you know, you're – still acclimating yourself to, you know, the twos and threes numbers and you look down at your sheet and you're like, Oh, it was Jaheim again. And, you know, a couple of plays later, you look down at your sheet. Oh, it was Jaheim again. So, you know, you, you don't necessarily notice it in the moment, if you will, mm-hmm. but as you, you're just like, why does his name keep coming up? Why is his number? The, the guy getting up off the pile is the, the first one who hits or the guy who's closing a gap or just, he's flying around. You love to see that. Um, another name that kind of stood out too for me. I mean, Luke mentioned it in his post game presser, if or if you will, um, was was Dante Corleone, and you see him running with the twos and just being a, a presence there in the middle of the field. You know, like I know th- this wasn't necessarily one of Chad's guys, but Corleone's holding his own, and he's a- another true freshman out there, just kind of doing his thing. And it. Takes- what do you mean by he's not one of my guys? I mean, you said that you had two guys. You had you had threats, and you okay. had Jaheim. That was all I meant by that. But with Corleone, like it at times, yeah. He's being, don't, he's being, don't say that the Godfather might I'm, might be I'm coming just saying, after you. Like, I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it took at times he was being double teamed. He's a know, monster of a human. I don't know that you can ask any more than that from this kid who's coming in he's, as a, a true freshman. It is really impressive to watch him move inside. Doesn't make sense. It does not make any physical sense that he can he can move in tight spaces at, at the way that he does. It's impressive. Five physics. 
it, it's impressive. 335, that's where he's at. Even watching him run from the sideline to the huddle is impressive. Because <laughs> I can't believe he moves that much weight that quickly. He was the GMC player, defensive player of the year last year, right? Yeah. And the year before that was Deshaun Pace. It, it, it just seems as if these kind of uh, lower they got graded, yeah, lower uh, graded kind of just. I, I mean, get the best defender from Colerain, like right. from here until <laughs> I mean, forever. Just, Whoever right. the best defender is in Colerain at Colerain, go get them, bring them on, and figure it out from there. Yeah, I, you know, and you know and who Dr. else was was a great defender at Colerain at one time? Darian Beavers, right? Javon right. Hicks was from Colerain, right? Javon Hicks, keep it going. Yep, like. Uh, I thought Eric Phillips. Phillips. Uh, LaSalle. Eric Phillips. No. No. Oh, I'm, think, I'm thinking the other Hicks. The linebacker that went to Texas. Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't come here. My fault. Jeez. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. But. I'm yeah, here I'm, for comedic value only. It's That's really all. The was, only reason I'm here. Was Eric Phillips back on Saturday? Yeah, he was back on Saturday. He was okay. back today. Okay. Yeah, because I because he was out Tuesday. Or no, he was not. He was not back Saturday. But he was back today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He watched Saturday. Good old, good old Dante rolling in there. I was good to see. And then of course we asked the Godfather what he's having for dinner. A couple, couple chicken tenders. You know, something nice. Just a little something nice. But something light. A little something light. A little something. Jordan light. Hicks. I was way off. Jordan Hicks. Way off. Jordan Hicks from. I thought he went to Dakota. Tonight. Did, did it Jordan wasn't Hicks even Lakota. You're right. It was Lakota. Not La- it was another LA high school here, and it's fine. Fun fact: His dad was the head coach at Cathedral High School, my alma mater, when I was there as a student. So uh, he was my gym teacher. And really, we can see the timestamps on this one. Really good guy, Coach X. Really good guy. But I love that they've made a running joke of the timestamps. I love that I don't have to do it anymore because of the. You running still joke. should do it. I never told you you didn't have to do the timestamps anymore. I you just was, stopped doing them. I it was just kind of like a let bygones be bygones type thing. <laughs> when have I ever sense. let bygones be bygones? I haven't yeah. signed a contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, the timestamps there. I'll beautiful. get that written up. Sounds good. <laughs> So, Chad, anything else from today's practice that we didn't really touch on? I, I mean, was the, no, not really. I mean, the oh, defense. Yeah, there yeah. was there was a, a little a little a little there interesting thing at the you, end. You picked up what I was putting down. There you go. There was a little interesting thing at the end. So today was kind of a a, a thud, but don't really hit day. Especially yeah. coming off coming off a scrimmage on Saturday, you have an right. off day on Sunday you want to kind of give the bodies a little bit of a break on Monday. Not that it wasn't a, you know, a, 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 a up-tempo uh, quality practice, but there just wasn't a lot of like need for on Monday, right. a lot of hitting. So at the very end of the practice, um, Trey Tucker comes across the middle and oh. Ty Van Fossen kind of leans into him with the shoulder. If I had to give you one guess as to who hit him, you would have guessed Ty Van Fossen. Yeah. We've got an over-under running on, on Ty Van Fossen this year. That oh. We'll see how it turns out. Okay. <laughs> Ty, Ty Van Fossen likes to hit. Of, uh, he, like, he likes to stick his nose in there and hit. Some some unnecessary roughness? Is, is that the over-under? Yeah, or? Like, we'll see how many flags 
he, I mean, he's, a, figures out. he's a stallion. He's a stallion. Yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, and, and Trey popped back up and then kind of went back down and emotions got a little charged because it really wasn't supposed to be a practice where they hit. Right. And guys were yelling across the field at each other. And, and Mike Brown, Ooh. which I loved it. Mike Brown standing up for his guys. I guess it had happened some other time that we didn't notice that Mike Brown runs over and, and yells at Jim Trestle or Mike Trestle. That's two. That's two. And it's a little heated. Guys were chirping at Mike Brown for, for crossing the line and coming over to the defense. Perry Eliano was, was running up and yelling at the guys that were chirping at Mike Brown. Like, emotions got, just for a minute, it got a little, like, it got a little campish. Especially you get into that second week of camp, you know, and, and everybody's got the receipts and everybody's, you know, mm-hmm. calling back to what has happened prior. And yep. uh, it was, you know, you, it, nothing happened. There was, right. you know, no fisticuffs, no skirmish, but just the two sides, you know, a little, Mike sticking, yeah, a little, a little, a little uh, I don't even know the right word for it, but it, it was Mike Brown saying, you know, hey, kerf- maybe a kerfuffle is the right word because hmm. it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a fight. There wasn't, you know, nobody Nothing was too superfluous. Just nope. Just nobody was throwing punches awful. at helmets, which is still the dumbest fucking thing in all the sports. It was more no than an agree to disagree, but it was not quite a, a Donnybrook. Right. Right. Oh, well, Donnybrook, eh? It was not a Donnybrook. It didn't reach Donnybrook status. It I didn't get to Elijah so- Ponder levels, did it? Kerfuffle is probably, it didn't get to Jason Kelsey, like rip somebody's helmet off and chuck it, <laughs> you know, 40 Fe- yards. were up clearly stands. ruffled. Yes. But then they shook him out. <laughs> And they were, and wow, that was good. Chad, that was good. You looked like a bird there. <laughs> there and everybody, everybody went back to their uh, corners. And, okay. you know. <laughs> well, I mean, that speaks to the competition that, I mean. Oh, it's competitive. And like I said, today was the day where the offense was kind of pissed off because they were getting their ass handed to them. Well, and, and you so think that, about it, though. That's that, good. That became yeah. Armageddon as opposed to the Donnybrook, the kerfuffle, the – Agree to disagree, all of that. What became Armageddon? Full out Armageddon if the, if the defense was having their way. The defense was having their way. Gosh, you were you were doing well there, Aaron. But you know, there, I, was, there was no consent. No. Cheese on pizza. Well, <laughs> even on that reception by Alec Pierce in the end zone, he caught it, sauce dope for it. Pierce got up and got right into sauce's face. But oh yeah, but what do you see in in the interview on Saturday? You see, hey, you know what? No, Sauce and I talked after practice. You know, we're we're all cool. This, that, and the other. I, it's still a team, but the fact that they can be that competitive that means you got a bunch of winners on the field, people that want to do well, people that want to succeed. And Aaron, that's that's a sign of a team that can make those winning plays. Speaking of winning plays, Aaron, tell me about special teams. I feel like we really haven't touched on. And loved the special teams as much. Cole Smith. Cole's, if, Cole's hitting everything, man. If, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it I've only seen one miss from one Cole. Miss and it was just entire, a little yeah. bit wide to the right. Um, if I'm wrong, Brian Mason will, will let me know from after about he how to far? this podcast. Uh I think it was in like the 40, 45 range, 40 range, somewhere in the okay. 40 range. But I, I've only seen one miss from him now today. I got there as they were kicking, so I didn't get to see each of the kicks today. 
but um, no. I've only seen him miss once. How much extra ink does Cole have this year as opposed to last year? He had a lot of ink last year, too. He did. I, I just feel like he's two thoroughly... years ago. He didn't have as much ink last <laughs> year. The ink ramped up. I'm sure he's got more this year than he had last year, but he like had a he's, lot last year. He's too. just thoroughly embracing this Blue Mountain State kicker role. If you've watched <laughs> Blue Mountain State, I have and, not. And just just kind of being that guy. And I, I just wonder if he's he's that guy. I hope he's not that guy off the field, but. Well, that's what you can do when you kick the game-winning field goal in the AAC championship game to uh, complete your goal that you've had ever since you took over. Stones of brass. This this regime did. But did you get to see any Mason Fletcher on Saturday? I I didn't get to see him punt at all. I don't know that no, he punted he, on Saturday. I don't think he did either. He punted some today. Uh, I thought today was the best I saw him in terms of a mix on hang time and distance. Okay. Um, like I said, the, the times we saw him earlier in camp, it was either really high but pretty short, right? Or or when he got some distance, bear. There's a dog. We're talking about the rake. Calm hey down. bear. Hey bear. Bear. Or, or as he calls himself, footy. Um, but today was probably the best mix I saw in a couple kicks of him getting actual you know, distance as well as a little, some hang time. So uh, he's making progress, I guess you could say. Has in, in the kickoff, has Tyler Scott taken over in the back with Trey Tucker or is that? They haven't done any live kickoff. Okay. Okay. And then of course, Ryan Montgomery is pretty, pretty consistent there. So I don't We're know. seeing some Will Pauling in uh punt, re- punt return as well. So oh. little uh, center field, little, little, uh, you know, baseball instincts out of the out of the young freshman so i i don't know it just seems as if special teams is kind of getting a little underlooked because as aaron and i saw and chad you saw as well they had mason fletcher doing his best you know tall wide receiver impression a lot during practice on tuesday so wearing a lot of pennies that kid a lot of pennies for mason they they use in install they use the special teams guys as decoy like as 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 props during install I, I have seen him kick though I'm, i've been impressed with with his kicking ability like i think i don't think he's gonna be quite what we've been accustomed to over the past several seasons but i don't think the drop-off is going to be quite what you would normally anticipate if you remember we talked about this if you remember jimmy's freshman year he didn't have a lot of distance right um but what he could do is it was pretty much every kick was 42 yards with perfect hang time to the point where the gunners were at the punt returner and warranted a fair catch, like almost every time. Automatic. And he was first team all AAC punter as a freshman. And he didn't have those, you know, as he got farther along, he was having those 52, 55 yard punts. But he didn't really have those his freshman year. Uh, that was definitely a sophomore, junior, senior year development for him. So oh. I would kind of expect something similar uh, this year from from Mason Fletcher, as long as he can get that consistency and hang time and, and get it 40, 42 yards. Uh, I think they'll get what they need out of the punting position where you get in trouble 
is you might kick it 47 yards, but if it's a line drive and your, your coverage team is not in their lanes yet, that's where you get in trouble. So getting, getting consistent hang time for him, I think is the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, mission to accomplish right now. Well, and, and I think you also saw, I mean, in, in James Smith's freshman year, he clearly needed to, I, I guess he was used a lot his junior year as well, but I mean, 64 punts as a freshman, he did a 72 as a junior, which is kind of surprising, but I guess the offense kind of did have a little, little in and out times in that one as well. They had tackle problems. As junior they did. Year. They did. But I, it, this seems as if a year where Mason Fletcher might not need to be that, that safety, you know, that insurance, you know, hit, you know, caution if you need help hit this button, whatever that is. I, I lost the wording there. <laughs> You're good, break, man. Break for emergencies. Break for emergencies. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, Yeah, there we go. Sure. It works. We're, we're not going to call him the axe, the, the emergency axe or anything, right. but. I mean, James Smith, sure, it was like three or four games less last season, but only 40 punts. So I, I'm sure it'll be something along those same lines. So it could be interesting to see if what Fletch does as the season progresses to come. But anything else on uh, football before we. We head into the mailbag or or touch on basketball a little bit. Chad, you you dropped some Sunday Sunday bites. I'm, I'm sure we just want to tease it and say you gotta become a member in order to read those Sunday bites. 75% off Tuesday and Wednesday. And it was There's free all day of, today. And it was free all day today, which if you didn't go read the bites from today, then oh, you're you. doing it wrong. Then what are you doing? Then what are you but, doing? Uh, forget about it. Go read them. But uh yeah, that's the best I the best I got. Uh, I'll nah. I won't. I won't say anything. No, nah, you will. You will. Though. I don't. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But, but do. But, but I don't think you would get in trouble if you said it. No, I'd probably get in trouble. Okay, then don't say. Just it. Let, let's just say, keep your mind open. On September fourth, uh, when it comes to your plans before the game. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Wow. Something like that. That's awesome, Aaron. That is awesome. If you build it, he will come. Oh, don't don't do that. They just they literally just announced like two minutes ago that the Reds are gonna play the Cubs in the next Field of Dreams game. Really? Yeah. Phenomenal. How about the sleuth work from Mo Egger there? That's a road trip. What? When it came out that that they were the Cubs were gonna be in the Field of Dreams game Mm -hmm. next year. Mo went and looked at next year's schedule and said, look, and said, look, the Cubs and the Reds play August 12th next year. Oh, well, by the way, that game was awesome. I mean, that whole thing was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm totally here for my red legs playing in that game. No doubt. No doubt. Maybe we're, off, quick, we're completely off the rails. Quick, uh, quick trip to, uh, shall we? A little, little Iowa road trip. Might as well. No. I mean, it was a good time. Hey, pain. I think there's only like 500 seats in that entire stadium, though. Hey, you know what? We just got to you know how somebody far Iowa is. I don't want to think about it. This is such a boring drive. I mean, it's I'm really a little bit far. closer. I'm like two hours closer. If you guys want to come over, bunk for a little bit, and we'll we still have to go the two hours to you. <laughs> you are not two hours closer for me. I still have to go the two hours to you. I understand. When it probably would be faster for me to go to Louisville and go from from Louisville. Help me help you. 
You'd rather go see Chris Mack than come see me. Understood. Understood. Incorrect. <laughs> Completely incorrect. But not far uh, off, but incorrect. Let's dive into this mailbag. Because, I mean, I, there still is nothing really basketball-wise to talk about. Um, because what? They're, when are they back? Is it when the, the school year kicks off, Chad? Is that when the Guys team are kind of moving in. Guys are kind of moving back in. Uh, they move back in this weekend. Uh, okay. They can start workouts after school starts. Okay. So okay. usually like the second week. So not next week, but the following week you'll start getting back into workouts. And, and it seems like right around, right around September 4th. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Well, right around there. Well, well, you know what? It, it does seem like some schedules are really starting to come out little schedules here and there. I I'm hoping I, that I don't know. I don't, Yeah, I'm hoping it's just a hope out of mine. Well, you did see a mention of the Georgia game as, one of the biggest games of the opening week of out of conference slate of, of college basketball. So that Georgia game at home seems to be sliding in at that opening week. So, but we'll continue. Aaron mailbag. Here we go. Mailbag. Just first, uh, I figure we start with football since it's the easiest transition anyway. In honor of the upcoming BCJ guest, Top three Dan Horde calls, football or basketball. I think Pike everyone's events. I was gonna say that's everyone's number one. You can't yeah. you can't beat that one. Troy Copain. Yeah, the Troy Copain Purdue Purdue shot shot rolls around and yeah. drops has to be up there. Um I get in my head, I get confused with his Bengals calls as well. <laughs> Like, it's up, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, growing up, I was in Indianapolis. And so not I didn't Cincinnati. Have, right. I had I had access. <laughs> I didn't have access to Channel 19 like you guys did to watch all the games. So You're I two waves of your life now through this podcast. I had to listen to to the games on a on a shower radio, little, little handheld shower radio. And uh, so I listened to the games and, and I just loved just three point bomb. God, just over and over again. That was always my favorite thing to say. And they do that in the little pregame, you know, warm and everything. And I actually took it, Dan, if, if you're listening to this, sorry, Dan, a different style, but I did steal your three point bomb. Good call during all the high school and uh, the IU broadcast that I did. So three point bomb. Good is one of mine. Steve. Um, we we only got two. We got that, that is only two. That was my three. Okay, just any random three point bomb. Good. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm sure he did a Field Williams three point bomb. Good, but I was watching the game against Louisville. But <laughs> and I was going to say, I'm sure he had a hell of a call for the uh, the last AAC championship win, but we were all watching it. <laughs> right. Right. It's almost not fair. Like you have to go into where he drops his uh, his audio clips yeah. to actually hear the audio calls anymore. It, his his call of the Sauce Gardner pick pick six. Yeah, you see yeah, that was, was good obviously one. good. Um, the made field goal of Cole Smith in the AAC championship game is good. Those are all recency biased ones, but I mean both those are all the good. Jerome Ford touchdown in the Peach Bowl was pretty good because that felt like. A momentum, momentum shifting yeah. moment. Like that was a good one. 
didn't that feel like uh, whatever? I'm, I'm we're not gonna, we're not gonna go down that. We're not gonna path. go down that road. His call when they went up twenty. Never mind. Yeah, don't even. Whoa, oh, Chad. <laughs> Jeez, we're gonna pretend that that was a football comment, right? Yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and just move it on. That call when they went twenty went up twenty one on uh, ECU. Yeah. Book your hotels next weekend. <laughs> Who has a deeper voice, Brady or Luther Vandross? Follow-up question. How long will it take for the fan base to lose its mind if Denbrock does not call the exact plays they want to see, a.k.a. big plays and always work plays? Is it Oliver Bridges? Yes. that's one. He has the deepest voice, period. The end. <laughs> like, when he steps... I, I told I, I told this to him when we were talking and it was the funniest thing because like I'm like how's it gonna feel when you walk into the locker room as a freshman and you have the deepest voice in the entire room and he's like what and he's like what I, I can't even do that and he's like what and like it wasn't bad and I'm like you're gonna have the deepest voice and he's just like oh, 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 oh. and it was like this slow <laughs> was that his laugh it was it was so good man it was so good. <laughs> Um, also, Brady does not have a deep voice. No, he's it's got just, a raspy voice. It's just Grady. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like if Creed were a voice, it would be Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It's like, look at this graph. He's not here to defend himself. I would never tell him that to his face. Oh, did you just try to see sing? Look at this photograph for Nickelback. That's not yeah. that's that's Nickelback. That's not Creed. I know. I but and, I tried to get the graph? Creed voice. And you said yeah, well, graph yeah. instead of photograph. Well, have you not seen that little like gif thing where he holds He's a holding graph? A graph. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is kind of funny. Um, but how long will it take for the fan base to lose his mind if Denbrock doesn't call the exact plays that the fans want to see? One two point two. Two point yeah. two. One series. I'll say if they don't score against Miami on their opening offensive series, then there will be a few tweets sent out. There, there's a, a why did we run on first and second down and then have an incomplete pass on third down? If that happened, I don't think it will. Well, especially with betters now being in the mix, like it's it's going to be even worse. Thanks, Indiana. Well, I mean, the whole country except for Ohio. But, well, that's not know. true. Kentucky doesn't either. <laughs> P.S. Has anyone seen fake John Goebel and real John Goebel in the same place? I've never seen fake John, jo- John Goebel once in my life. So John Goebel? No, I've not seen. I've seen real John Goebel. I love real John Goebel. Imagine my disappointment when I found out that John Goebel it was wasn't really John Goebel. Fake. I was pissed. <laughs> fun fun fact about John Goebel: a lunch place I go to a lot during the day job is uh, the the owner is, is best John friends best friends with John Goebel's dad. There we go. Let's continue. All right. Moving on. Latest update on Mike Tressel. For those of us who can't be at Camp Higher Ground, how is his on-field personality? How does his on-field approach not recruiting compared to Marcus Freeman? Because we all know how Marcus Freeman's recruiting is. Uh, can you compare and contrast their defensive approach based on what you've seen so far? No idea. Darian Beavers kind of touched on that. The only thing, and, and that's the one thing Beaver said that I think you know, is is that he wished he noticed. could take back? No, I don't think he, he didn't say anything he could take bad. It back. He didn't say anything bad. He just said that that Trestle and and this is not a surprise because Trestle is kind of an old school Big Ten guy mm-hmm. that that you know they they put a lot of emphasis on you know a lot more emphasis than Marcus did on pre snap reads. I only say that because um, he tiptoed around 
everything. Like he he was very oh he's well trained. He, I, I understand that's why he was the one in front of the mic. He's well which trained. I'm sure I'm sure especially with Tressel as the coordinator, he probably tell the whole defense like yo like nothing. Don't give the media. Yeah, um, just shut I mean, your mouth. I, I, I think I think they've had a good camp. Like it, it's hard to say. Um, you know, are they going to be more aggressive? Are they going to be this? Are they going to be that? Because like in a practice setting, the aggression is planned. Like there are right. there are periods of practice that are designed to work on blitzes. Mm-hmm. There are periods of practice to work on zone. There are periods of practice to work, you know, so you, you're never seeing kind of the whole package together because everything has like a purpose. So it's impossible to say until we see it in a game, not practice, not practice. We talking about game. practice. Talk, talking about Thanks, practice, Alan. man. Talking about practice. So not it's a impossible. Game. It's not, it's impossible to really say like, what does a, a Mike Tressel defense fully look like? Because we've only seen it in like pods. Right. You know, this is five minutes of Mike Tressel's red zone defense. This is five minutes of Mike Tressel's pressure defense. This is five minutes of zone defense. We've never seen it. We've seen the pieces of the puzzle, but the puzzle hasn't been put together for us to tell yet. Got to um, put the edges together first. Yeah. Uh, so is, is on-field personality? Yeah, exactly, Aaron. Good point. Fucking good point, man. His on-field personality, <laughs> he's high energy. Like, he's, you know, he's he's out and clapping and hooting and hollering at his guys. Like, you know, he's a high-energy guy, the same as he's always been. The, the kids um, seem to respond to him pretty well, too, though. It's not just... Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's been, like, an awkward transition, if you will, like... No, again, something we pointed out when he got hired, and this isn't the case for for all of these kids, but a lot of these kids were recruited by Michigan State and recruited by Mike Tressel to an extent. So, like, they've had a relationship, a connection with him for a long time. Like, I, I, you know, I don't think anybody is uh, unfamiliar with Mike Tressel that's here. So uh, it's been smooth so far, but in terms of, like, how does it compare to Marcus Freeman? I couldn't have told you what a Marcus Freeman defense looked like in, in at higher ground either because every game there was something different. There was we yeah. talking about practice, right? So this is all very basic install, uh, getting guys comfortable, but I, I think we're still going to see a heavy emphasis on like play fast, play aggressive, flow to the ball, make plays. You know, I, I don't think that part is going to change, especially this year, because you've got so many guys returning. Like, what would be the point in changing up everything right now? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And, and he's rocking some nice facial hair right now as well. And uh, on top of that, Chad, I got a question. This you is the BBP mailbag, not the... the about the, your facial hair. Well, well, this is my toss-in on the BBP mailbag. Do you get this? Uh, are you know the the entire one game they they dedicate a certain part of camp to, kind of installing a little bit to a defensive game plan for that game? Are you sensing that that's something that's going to still 
be a part of this season or is that I haven't noticed anything specific yet. Um, right. It's not to say here, here's the, the hard part to answer that question. Yeah. Is that right now they're doing a lot of install at night when they do the walkthroughs because they've right. got such a veteran group. Yeah. Like you don't need to run through it live. You right. can run through it in a walkthrough and say, this is what we want you to do. This is how we want you to play. This is how we want you to do this. And those guys pick it up. Like you don't need live game reps yeah. um, with this group to install. So that's something that could be happening at the night walkthroughs that we just haven't been privy to. You like that privy? Ooh, privy. And also, like you said, it's also something that, that you can just be like, remember what we talked about last night when it comes to this and that. And it, right. obviously with a veteran group, you can just do that. Aaron, next. So what are all the UC Notre Dame connections and will those impact how coaches prep for the game? I'm counting so far, Jeff Quinn, former UC interim head coach, Mike Mickens, Marcus Freeman, Brian Kelly, Mike Denbrock. I imagine Denbrock has a sense of how Freeman and Kelly will approach game planning. I think Marcus will have some advantages on the defensive side, knowing us. And I think you could say the same thing as opposed to would Denbrock have a, and he was alluding to that. Uh, will Denbrock have advantages on uh, the offensive side, knowing Brian Kelly and, and his teams and Marcus Freeman at this point? Sure. Chad Bowden would be another one, but he's he's in recruiting. So maybe Armand not. Benz. Armand Benz worked there as a, a graduate assistant. So he would have. I, I don't know that like every team is so different year to year that I don't They're know gonna... how much like nobody knows what a Marcus Freeman Notre Dame defense looks like. We might like, after four games. We might. Three games. But I mean, but I mean, like, how much of what we saw at Cincinnati was was Luke Fickle's handprints while right. it was, you know, executed by Marcus Freeman, while Marcus Freeman was given some freedom and liberty to come up with right. uh the execution of things, you know. Is Marcus Freeman really going to run a, a three three five against Cincinnati? Because Cincinnati's not, at least at this point, a prolific, air it out, spread you out passing team. Right. Or is Freeman going to load the box, try to stop the run? Like we we don't know. Well, is Cincinnati going to be a, a, a power heavy running team like they've been in the past, or is it going to be more short passing game with the tight ends? and the slot receivers and the possession guys like i was going to say with with the the way that the receivers have emerged at this point like you freeman wasn't here for that you very well could see a, a whole different offense going strictly against notre dame than we've seen in years past just based on the weapons that they have right now we could run two tight end sets with wiley and and lt I mean, but Denbrock ran a lot of two tight end stuff when Freeman was here. So Freeman was here for the bread and butter, you know, that. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how often they run that this upcoming season. It's two it's, tights. Well, no, the one where, you know, the RPO where Des rolls out the, the famous last offensive play against Georgia. Probably not much. Much. I don't think you're going to, they're going to have to evolve from that because everyone has that on tape now. Like, right. Just should be interesting to see what what wild wild cards they throw out, and because I think you'll see that from both sides with Notre Dame and with Cincinnati, just 
some things that they're not going to throw out against anybody else strictly because of the connections that both teams have. Well, yeah, and and I think this is the first season that Denbrock actually has a quarterback that is he's extremely confident in in a passing game that with Gino Gadulli that he is extremely confident in weapons that he knows well. I mean, this is the first real offense that Denbrock has really been able to to toy around with. So I think that's something to think about too. All right, so can Chad do an overview of the various shoe circuits for those of us that are unfamiliar? What are they? Why do they matter? What influence do shoe companies have? How does high school basketball versus AAU compare? I I don't want to. Like it's it's a really complicated, really long answer. Um, the shoe companies are shoe companies. Right. Nike has a circuit. Adidas has a circuit. Under Armour has a circuit. They all have 40 or so teams that play in those circuits. Most with, you know, one team in every prominent region in the country. Um, influence. Nike's the one with, with influence, right? Everybody wants to be Nike. There's, there's, all the most of the power programs are Nike in the AAU scene. Most of the power programs in college basketball wear Nike or have ties to Nike. So Nike kind of runs the show and going back and forth. Uh, one year Under Armour will be okay and Adidas will stink. The next year Adidas will be okay and Under Armour will stink. Like it's, the influence that Under Armour and Adidas have is very minimal because they don't have any juice. Like they, they really don't, you know, maybe you're sending, you know, if you've got a, a top 10 kid, you know, maybe you, you can get him to a Kansas or a Louisville or whatever, but uh, they don't have Under Armour and Adidas don't have enough of those kids to really make a say. All right. Um. High school versus AAU, that's a 12-hour conversation. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, You have to have that conversation in the car on your way to an AAU tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that here. Um, we're already at an hour and 45 minutes. I know. So. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get – well, I was trying to filibuster so you could watch what is happening right now earlier, but now we'll, we'll start cranking them out. Um, it's 11 nothing. Like, we're done here. We're, we're good. I just wanted to see some different things that were happening with, with Votto and, and Barrero and what have you. All right. Sorry about last week's question, but it was supposed to be comparing this year's offensive and defensive production to all the other 2020 college football teams like defense and offensive ceiling would be Alabama or whatever you all believe. These also, are too complicated, Mark. Like, can we get some fucking simple questions? Like, I, th- I think we're moving on. I think that was just his apology. Also, which one okay. of the BCJ staff would test the best in bench press, 40 yard? Can dash? we be done with this too? Like, we're not athletes. None of us. None of us. Uh, not Brent, none of us. Brent may want to pretend, but his, his glory days are past. Brent, days are believe, gone. Brett believes he's still an athlete. We'll but let him believe that. You're old as shit. Like you're not an athlete anymore. We're not athletic. I, I'm not. What 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 are we doing with who's more athletic? Who's the fat? Who's the skinniest kid at fat camp? Who fucking cares? <laughs> We're all still fat. All right. So hoops junkie. I'm still fat. Hoops junkie. Your questions are for Brady. Bring those next week. 
hopefully we have him. If not, we'll let you know. Mark's gonna send me a, a, a message tomorrow, thinking I'm mad at him. I'm not well, mad. He, at you. he does. He does have another one later on. So oh my god! We'll see if he doubles down. Can you <laughs> can you guys talk about Aisa Jarman? Is he with the team? Hearing he may have gotten in trouble. Thanks. He's not with the team at the moment. He's not at camp. He's working through some things. I would uh, I would pump your brakes on some of the speculation that's going on on the board. I know that's what you guys do. I, I just, I would let the situation play out. Um, there is a path forward for him to, uh, to, to be a bear cat. It's bygones just right. Bygones. Right now he's working on some stuff, you know, and that's, that's life sometimes. So also from UC Mark, also what happens more often sacks by the second team, defensive line, not starters, or the amount of times Ritter gets sacked and follow up, please sort from least to most interceptions, cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers, the amount Ritter throws and the defensive lineman. Go ahead. I'm, I'm out on Merck questions. It's too much thinking. It's we're, we're late in the podcast to do a whole lot of Merck. Merck, bring him back next week. We'll see if we can. Well, no, here's, just here's the thing. Mark. Second string defensive line will get more than Des gets sacked. That's my. I, I think I would go with that as well, just because I think we're going to see corners are going to starters. Dominate. I think we're going to see the starters hanging out with uh, with Luke on the sidelines in the second well, half, well, quite a bit of games. And second means second string, third string, fourth string, just all the backups. I would yeah. say. So yeah, I'm taking that. But if we're talking then, about least and most interceptions, I think cornerback safeties. I think he's got them in the right. Order actually, cornerback safety is defensive line is last. Then I agree. Cornerback safeties, linebackers, the amount Ritter throws, and defensive linemen. Sure, I'm good. I'm good with it. All right, you nailed it. But if Ritter throws zero interceptions, goes number one overall, then that means he's tied with the defensive line. So we flirted with this question earlier. Which running back behind Jerome is performing the best to get the second most touches? Once we hit week one, I think we can all agree, Chuck. It gets Chuck. Yeah. All right. So for, for Brady, Bearcats 2020, bring it next week. That's daily fluid at ounce intake. I, I can't even begin to. to can be, we get some simpler fucking questions? Gee, can we get some this, stuff? This, that's is, this, fun one's, to this, this one's simple. Have you, talked to, have, you, have you talked to anyone, former Kelly era players that will be at no. the game? And they're th- th- that's a simple answer. No. Simple question, simple answer. Aaron, you got a bunch of those guys' numbers. Call them and get their thoughts. I do. Since fantasy football drafts are starting, who would be the player to pick for the most points? This can include the Bearcats D. You see, Mark, you have not one favor tonight. I'm I'm sorry, bud. I know you were excited about three questions, but Desmond Ritter. Okay. He runs, he passes. Does it all? Desmond Ritter. Yeah, Desmond Ritter. I'd go with Jerome Ford because I love running backs, but yeah, but running backs generally the problem the like quarterbacks are the position group that generally scores the most. It's just that they're always so tightly grouped that there's no separation in like outside of the elite guys, right? Running backs, there's a pretty wild variance. No one's playing fantasy football. No one's playing fantasy football college style anyway. There are people that do, for real. Crazy people. Absolute, like you cra- see <laughs> Absolute crazy people. 
How are, how are you? Three I love go- you, Mark. I do. Uh, I'm also like 11 days into camp coverage and I'm fried, man. I like the, the, these questions. If your question has more than 26 words, fuck your question. <laughs> so this is my favorite. I think this is my favorite question that I've read so far. Anyway, I haven't looked at the right. basketball ones. Let's go. How are you three going to celebrate after we beat Ohio state for the national championship this year? I'll get a Buckeye state tattoo. Where's the, uh, where's the, is it in Indianapolis? The national championship or no, where is it? I don't actually know the answer to that, but it looks like Chad's looking it up. Um, meanwhile, if, if they did actually beat Ohio state though, regardless if it's in Indianapolis or, or not, how would you celebrate, Brent? You know, it would be a very oh, it's in Florida, Miami Gardens, Florida. I would, I would get my very no, first. No, 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 no. I, sorry, that's. Wrong. I have that's no wrong. tattoos, and I would get a Buckeye State tattoo if they beat Ohio Let's State. Let's go Texas. Oh, it's in, it's in Jerry's world, right? No, no, it's in Indy, Lucas Oil. Oh, January tenth, twenty twenty-two. You can get in us press passes, Lucas Oil, right? Yes. Oh, but, I was looking at F. CS. Oh man, if it was in, Sorry. if it was in, oh, it's in Indy, man. I yeah, tell you it's what, in guys, Indy. it's in Indy. We could do, we could do quite a lot to celebrate that night. Let's, uh, let's just put <laughs> it that way. Let's just put it that way. Would, would you go swimming in a canal like Pat McAfee? <laughs> yes, and I would, I would entice Pat McAfee to join me because if it's he, in Indy in Brent's home, literally in his backyard, I don't know that there's limits for. Where where this celebration would go? Don't don't worry about going back to Cincy to burn couches. We we will. I will bring the couches to right outside of Lucas Oil, and we can just go haywire. Let's do it. I'm in. You're you're going to jail. Easy easy. See Pre- that's a question. That's it's under that was under like twenty five twenty six. It's a good one. It was fun. We can have some fun with the answer. I've, here's I've the been, problem. Hey, I've I've Wait, been here's here. the problem. Here's the problem with this mailbag. We're like like 40 episodes deep on this mailbag so people think they got to get fucking cute and the questions have gone from like fun entertaining questions to like if you could real deep yeah like let's not do that like let's have fun it's a mail like if you got some serious questions that's fun hypotheticals of like 17 different options and like you know how many girls is Trevor Lawrence going to bang this year? Compared, like, I, I'm done with those questions. I'm done with those questions. If it's more than A, B, C, and D answers, make the BBP mailbag great again. <laughs> Ooh, be careful with be careful with that <laughs> that terminology. There's a lot of people who don't like that one. Do we have a feel for who the main competition is for skillings? We'll find we'll have a better idea if the kid will release the people that he's visiting. Um, I know, you know, Providence is is making a you know, has made him a priority, NC State has made him a priority, Clemson, Miami. Um, there's quite a few ACC schools. Um, I know Temple obviously would probably cut off an arm to get that kid. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure whose arm, maybe like you know, the ops guy. Aaron McKees. Yeah, no, not Aaron McKee's the head coach. Like you're gonna, somebody else is gonna have to give up an arm. Um, but uh, we'll get a better feel as we discover. Are they still scoring runs? Jeez, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we'll I've get a better seal. so you can see the TV. We'll get about that's like this is the one great thing about your new setup. Yeah, I can actually watch the Reds game on moved. TV. I I literally moved so you could see the TV because <laughs> normally I have to turn to watch my TV. But now I can just watch Aaron's TV. I can't see the out. score. I can't see right. the score on well, your TV. Well, it's 12 nothing for those yeah. of us keeping track. The Cubs, the Cubs are awful. awful. Um, well, yeah, you saw the run differential for the Cubs. The worst it's ever been since 1900 in the last, like, Oof. 45 and, games. And, and they've really sucked for 100 years outside of, you yeah. know, the past Bad. couple. Um, what was I saying again? It was about skillings oh people people cutting off limbs to get cutting him. off limbs yeah and the, the, the lieutenant dan off limbs lieutenant dan to get him mike Brabel. Um, <laughs> does he get to call that a limb <laughs> i know i would <laughs> you gotta get the hell out of here this thing is off the rails right, we're moving on jalen martin's top seven later this month how you feeling Go read the uh, bites. bites, and you'll see how I'm feeling. Is it still What's free? It? All right. Probably not by the time this is fucking posted. This, this is my not. That means they get it 75%, 75% off. off. All right. This is my next favorite question after the, the last one. What's the dumbest way y'all have gotten hurt? I'm going to answer this first <laughs> because mine is dumb. Oh, boy. I, I was I got at a one. work outing. I was at a work outing playing kickball. And I was in the outfield running down a fly ball. Oh, God. That went over my head. Oh, oh tell no. me ours, ours can't be the same. I caught it. I rolled collarbone broken. I had to collect workman's comp. Ours are injury. almost, ours are, ours are unfortunately almost the same. Brent, go ahead so we get some distance between the two. Okay, okay. Um, I broke my nose in rugby senior year. I don't think that's anything too crazy. No, that's. I mean, you play rugby, you normal. break your nose. Like, right, right. So that's like yeah. that's like being that's like somebody. What's the strangest thing you've done in a hockey player? It's like I lost a tooth. I thought that's say, how they. Yeah. I thought that's how they broke you in. Yeah, right. exactly. But I would say, I uh, I I dislocated my knee. And the reasoning was I was in the Coke lot at the uh, Indy 500 the day before the Indy 500. And uh, something, you know, with the Coke lot comes a lot of just craziness. And I woke up the next morning and a dislocated knee. And that that's probably the worst random injury that I've ever had. There you go. That's it. Before Chad goes, I also, uh, after uh, Midnight Madness, I blacked out and took a, a, took a sprint to my, my car. It was yeah. after the UCF game and all that. Midnight Madness mm-hmm. came back. I took a sprint to my car. This is after drinking lots with Curtis Bostic. And uh, why you gonna throw Curtis under the bus? Well, because Jeez, he yeah. comes back into the story. Um, mm-hmm. Scrape my whole arm up. It's bleeding. I'm in my car. I'm in the passenger seat because my brother-in-law, God bless him, is driving because he had not been drinking because he's sober. And uh, Curtis Bostic is walking out to his car and I see him and I'm like, Curtis, look at my arm. Curtis and his giant massive form is leaning into my car like, dude, you need to get that looked at. As a, it's just bleeding. And I'm like, yeah, I'm working on that, Curtis. 
You're in my car though. We gotta go. So that was that was a UC centric story. So like what it. was wrong with it? Um, nothing was wrong with it. It was just bleeding because I got scraped up in gravel because this dead sprint, I hit gravel and, and just wiped out hardcore. Chad, Chad, you're up. All right. So freshman year at Marshall. I was a pretty good baseball player, pretty good softball player in my time. Outfielder, as we talked about, good speed over the years. Right. So I'm playing... I guess it would be left center, you know, you have right center and left center in softball. I'm playing left center field in an intramural softball game. And ball gets hit deep. Now, remember, intramural softball. Did you guys play intramural softball? Not intramural, but I've played since I've graduated college. I was- I was the reason that they put the no smoking league. signs. I was the reason they put the no smoking signs up at the field. Of I, would, course, I would, of course, I would pitch with a cigarette in my mouth. <laughs> in general, that level of softball, home runs are either out or yeah. you only get so many. After your first home run, it's an out. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at the point in the game that home runs were out. Okay. Ball hit to the fence. I take off flying after this ball. I go up. I catch the ball. You laid out? No, no, no. Brian like, Friel style? Like over the fence style. Oh. One problem. Catch the ball, hit the fence, chain link fence. What keeps chain link fences in place? The bar. Yeah. Yeah. Straight down my body. Dead center on the pole. Knocked out fucking cold. Out. (laughs) Out. How impressed were the intramurals? Next thing I know. Did you hold on to the ball? No. But the ball went over the fence. Oh, no. So it was an out. It was an out, right? At least I got the out. I wake up. There are two trainers, one on each side of me when I come back to. Think about this. They had to realize what happened run from the dugout all the way in the left center field into the gap where I am unconscious. <laughs> so what? 20 seconds, 15, 20 seconds for that, that I was completely unconscious. Uh, woke up. Like what the hell just said? What did my dumb? I had to go to the hospital. I had a concussion. I had a bruise that pretty much went, from the, the top of my dumbass head all the way down to like the middle of my like chest down past my ribs from where that pole just whipped my ass and sent me six feet back the other way completely unconscious. That's the dumbest shit I've ever done to get hurt. This is Knock all, on wood. 
I've never had any broken bones and I've only, I, the only surgery I've had is I had hernia surgery a couple years ago, but other than that, like I've been, I've been pretty lucky on that front. This is all without me mentioning the fact that I got a concussion at a bottle party in college. That's the least surprising thing ever. I, we all know that you lead right. with your head. <laughs> you do. I, I mean, don't tag people in the nuts and they don't get mad. Rank them. Top three shooters based on little birdie viewing. Top three defenders. This may be hard not seeing them in a system defense. No so clue wanna... on defenders. All right. Top three personalities. Top three personalities. And why is Vic number one on this list? Top three shooters. Some combination of AJ McGinnis, um, Mason, Mason Madsen, Madsen, and Micah. DDJ. Hensley? No, I don't. I think Hensley's going to be like a mid, low to mid 30s guy. JD? I'd I'd probably go, yeah, I'd probably go Jeremiah third. I'd probably go Jeremiah third. Defenders, I mean, Abdullah Doe is going to be the best defender on the team just because he's he's the back line of the defense. And he's been doing this for a a long ass time. Um, Micah? Mike's probably going to be. I, I go Newman number two. I go Abdullah Doe, Newman, and then maybe Mike a third. Personalities. Vic. Well, yeah, I mean Vic's got a big personality. McGinnis is probably the biggest personality that we've really seen. Like through. McGinnis is probably the biggest personality that we've heard about through our little birdies. Is this is this the biggest personality we've seen in several years? McGinnis? McGinnis is a big personality. Like, he's a... Bigger than Jaron? Jaron wasn't a personality. Jaron didn't like the media, didn't like the public. I think of McGinnis... Yeah. Like, the the last big personalities this program has had were Kyle and Troy. I think McGinnis could get up to, like, Troy's level, maybe. I don't don't know that anybody's going to get to Kyle's level. That was... You know, I was just networking, trying to get out of trouble with his girlfriend. Like <laughs> Kyle's personality is legendary. CJ Anthony seems to have a little personality to walk on. I don't know how much we'll get to see that, but yeah. Simmer down, bro. You think you got Rob Banks? Rob Banks is in your Robbie top three. Banks. I don't know that he's. I mean, I think he's a big personality, but I don't know that anybody's going to actually catch it. Hey, Newman looks like it a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, Newman. I I love Newman's look, like the hair and like the facial expression. I love it. And he he embraced Skyline just immediately and became a partner so quickly, like just bing, bang, boom. Well, and Graders, too. I didn't know he was a partner with Graders. Well, not a partner, but he asked. Like embrace them, yeah. He he asked, where's a good place to get ice cream in Cincinnati? And Kobe White, who plays for the Bulls right now. I did see that. I did see that. He, he said Graders is, is the go-to. I forgot about that, actually. Well done. All right, that's the mailbag. Let's get, let's get out of here, man. I'm done, man. Sign us out, Brent. Merck, Merck, look. Shorten the questions. Make them a little more fun to answer. Merck's clever. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to. I don't he want is. Him to, I don't want him to get away from but, clever. But no. But seventeen answer questions are are a here, lot. Here's here's the other thing, Merck. Like we've been doing this style of question from you for for a long time now. 
Like we're weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks into this every every show. Let's mix it up. Let's let's add a little bit of fun element into these questions instead of Triple like was good. I mean, how did you how what's the funniest injury? That was a great question. Yes, that was fun. Simple can be good. I got I got knocked the fuck out chasing a fly ball. <laughs> I've got about 20 more injuries, but that's for off air. So Curtis Bostic was hanging in my car for reasons still unbeknownst. The other one, the other one would be um I spent, you know, I spent July on the road and when you're on the road, like, you know, you're sleeping in beds by yourself and you're a lot of times, if you can, you're getting a king size bed in a hotel room, you're laying in the middle of a king size bed. And when you're married for, you know, I've been with Kelly for 20 years, we've been married for 14, like you take advantage of being in the middle of the bed and just like spreading out. Right. And then the night that I came home uh, at the end of all this, the summer stuff, I rolled over. And my body's still thinking that I'm in a king size bed where I can roll over with no repercussions. And next thing I know, I was on the floor with blood everywhere. And I had split my top lip open to the point of like six stitches because I had rolled over where there was nowhere to roll over and bounced my face off the side of my uh, nightstand. That's a pretty good one. Your lips don't enjoy vacation. Clearly. Look, man, look, if I was a boxer, I'd have been in big trouble because my lips the minute one thing touches my lips they just you got those thin explode. little bird lips i do i do brent guess that out here well yet again a fantastic bbp thank you all for listening for my good friends and partners aaron smith and chad brendel i am brent young yet again this was the bbp presented by bearcatjournal.com have a Great week.